0: Tommy's wedding day by order of the Peaky Blinders. Welcome into our spoiler-free podcast, breaking down every single episode of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman.
1: And I'm Josh Levy, and this is episode one of the third season. I've been waiting a while to get to season three because things are about to heat up.
0: Yeah, there's no more small-time crime. You know, Winston Churchill has tasked Tommy Shelby for a very certain... Very specific, very dangerous situation. And anytime the Russians get involved in any TV show, you always know that shit's going to hit the fan. And right away... They fuck with the Shelbys on Tommy's wedding day as our rewatch continues here with season three. A lot of people have asked me when we're going to get to season three, Josh, because there's question marks surrounding a lot of Peaky heads about this season. So who better to really do a deep dive than you and I, and who better to listen to us than our loyal fans? We love you guys, so make sure to go on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, facebook.com slash PeakyPodcast, Twitter at by order of Peaky. Click subscribe, tell a friend. And send us feedback. We love the feedback. We're getting feedback every single episode from history buffs and diehards of this show, noticing things that we might not. So email us at boot PeakyBlinders, at gmail.com. And we know, Josh, this is this is Tommy's wedding day. The description says on Tommy's wedding day, a new business partner arranges a secret transaction, maybe a Russian one. Arthur has found a godly woman and Polly meets an attractive man. You know, I think it's I think it's pretty Pretty descriptive, yet not too spoily
1: It's definitely a, a very fine description. Although we didn't going into the episode, you already know that that a wedding's happening based off the description, which is not which is something that we knew was going to happen since Tommy said it season uh, season two episode six that he was going to get married. But it just goes right at the bat and tells you that it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I was a little disappointed that IMDb gave this an 8.3, the worst score since the pilot. I mean, not the greatest episode in the world, but an 8.3.
0: I, I liked it. I, liked, I I thought this was a good episode. I mean, once again, we move forward two years, which is something that Stephen Knight likes to do. It jumps right into the wedding. I might save a couple of nitpicks to the end when we do winners, losers, and nitpicks. But obviously, what what he's done a lot of times is that the recap video— we saw it to start Season 2, he adds things in it. But this time, Stephen Knight didn't add anything in it. We just get the reminder that Tommy almost died, Winston Churchill saves him, and obviously has a job for him to do. What were your overall thoughts of this episode?
1: I thought it was a good, you know, starting point to kind of, you know, lay the backdrop of what's going to go on in Season 3. Because a lot's going to go on, as as we will describe. But, uh, I mean... Grace Grace and Tommy getting married, which is which is, you know, which was set in stone. It was destined to happen from the start, in my opinion. And there's a lot going on in different plot lines. And it's once again, I, I, I like to put things in perspective from the first episode of the series to till now and to kind of see where Tommy Shelby and the Shelby family has come from. And now as we see, we're dealing with the Russians. And in season one, we were dealing with uh with with just bookmakers and Billy Kimber and and, and and gangs of that sort, and now we're getting into to some deep shit, kind of just reminding us of the end of season two when Tommy just kind of yells "fuck," like yeah, the "fuck" is right.
0: I mean, look at the house he's in. He is he is living the life to the point where he has named his mansion, and that is next level elitism. Right, it's
1: just insane.
0: He's living in in Warwickshire, and he's he's living in a house called Arrow House with portraits of his baby Charlie and and him and Grace and. I don't know. I just have this this thing. Whenever a mansion is named, you see it in like shows like uh, like Succession on HBO or Billion on Showtime. When you get to that level where you're in the point zero 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 one percent, and you get to name the area that you live,
1: it's kind of like the like if I had that much money, like what the hell would I do with it? Oh, I'll name I'll name my freaking estate after my you know.
0: And a, a little bit of housekeeping. I I want to let you guys know if you're curious about Freddie Thorne because we talked about him. In the, uh, the season two premiere, and why he's gone, and whether it was a dispute with the contract or something. Usually, when a character dies off screen, we, we wonder about it. And it turns out that he picked up a role in a show called Salem, which is an American production, obviously, probably a little bit more money. And he got a part in another, you know, production called Mob City. So, between the two of those, he probably couldn't spare enough time for another season of Peaky Blinders. So, there's an answer there. And then, uh, Another little nose that I, uh, I, I saw, you know the actress that plays Ada Josh, Sophie Rundle? Mm-hmm. She's going to star in a new BBC drama, The Nest, wow. which is a five-part series that explores a surrogacy pact between a wealthy couple and a teenage girl, which is centered on the teenager's decision to carry a, carry a pair's baby for him. So I'm not sure if she's going to be the teenage girl or a part of the couple, but we know that, that Ada Shelby can get pregnant quite easily.
1: Indeed, indeed, she can, and that that's an interesting plot. That's very uh, 2019-esque.
0: So now we're done with that, we can dive right into this episode, and obviously, we, we start with the wedding. Right into it, it's split halfway between the gangsters and the mobsters of the Peaky Blinders and the gypsies, and then on the other side, all the king's men, all the king's horses and all the king's men, dressed up in their outfits— it was it was an awesome scene when they go back and forth and we kind of see everyone paired up including the new love interest for Polly Shelby or Polly Gray I should say as they kind of pair up with each other and we find out that the bleak midwinter is not just a phrase that that the Shelby say before they think they're gonna die it, it's some sort of British theme song that's being played as they walk down the aisle and we see grace
1: yeah and, and help us out peaky heads because we're not familiar with but the, the backstory of in the bleak midwinter is. It seems to be a staple of uh, the Shelbys, and they're singing it as they're walking in. And I love when, when 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 Grace is walking in, and John says, "Here come the fucking cavalry, late as usual." And so you kind of just it just lays that backstory that there's bad blood between the two, even though you already kind of get the sense of that, you know, based off of season one and 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 season two with you know a lot of digs being taken at 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 the people that uh, Grace surrounds herself with back home. But you kind of see that there, there's not, there's not good, there's not a uh, good intentions between the two sides, and uh, they're gonna try to put, put, put their animosity to the side for this uh, special day. I
0: do love shows, and I've talked about it in the past, I love shows that have so many strong characters that we can dive into subplots, and we can go episodes where we kind of don't see a main character because we're so interested in others. But then I love episodes like this where everyone's together the entire episode. Josh, this entire episode took place until the last minute just at this Arrow House and at this this dinner party and this wedding party and all of our favorite characters are involved and we find out really what, what this plot is going to be because Grace kind of tells us. He, she tells us that after having sex with Tommy, she knows about the Russians. She explains to us that the royalist Russians are buying weapons to fight the Bolsheviks in Georgia and Churchill's the go-between but needs to keep it secret. So then we find out that the Russians are either... I think working against the Soviet Union here, you know, it's a little confusing right off the bat because there's a Russian spy who's working with the Soviets, but that's not who the Shelbys are working with because then he gets killed by giving the wrong code name. Instead, it seems like the Shelbys are actually going to work with the Bolsheviks, which is that Duchess Tatiana who shows up at the end.
1: It's very confusing because they all, first of all, sound the damn same and like all the names are, you know the romanovs get involved and then tatiana and she's not she's not their daughter she's just a ne- she's she she's the niece so she's not like you know first of kin to them so you're kind of confused as to you know where her intentions lie immediately because you know she's freaking dashing first of all my goodness gracious she is she is something damn else and her accent is is safe to say it's very sexy in my opinion but anyways she's she's uh right at the bat when she has her meeting with tommy at the end of the episode she's not fucking around and she has she's a powerful woman as a lot of the women in this show are in this show are and tommy's tommy's not taking any shit because he knew right off the bat that that spy who was at the house was you know not not there for uh good intentions and it was and it was insane because at the beginning of the episode you have the Feel Good song by Nick Cave, Breathless, that's playing in the background while they're getting married. They they throw the flower the, the the flowers to the people, they catch it, you know, everyone's having a good time. They take the picture together. I found that uh, something funny was that Tommy was smoking in the picture. He had to have the cigarette in the picture. But then right after, you know, Tommy makes eye contact with the Russian, like there's like bells tolling in the background and it's immediately like a shift in tone, which was something that was great and Tommy's like, on my fucking wedding day, this has to happen? Are you serious? Yeah, and
0: he, he kind of calls out Tatiana for that. He calls out the, the the Soviet spy. I don't even know if we ever get his name before he's savagely killed by Arthur. And we get a lot of new characters here. And before we dive into those new characters, let's go after our, my, my favorite scene, probably the highlight of the episode, which is before the Russians get involved. And when Tommy is, uh he's the typical... Bridezilla, you know what i mean he's worried about everything going wrong on his wedding day he's the groom as he's standing in the kitchen telling everyone that's involved in his family no fucking fighting
1: yeah that was, that was amazing it was such great acting first of all they uh they need a map to find where to meet in the kitchen arthur wants him to Whatever get I a thought, map which I, yeah it's just like little things like that that are thrown in there to kind of just emphasize the fact that they're in this giant estate and it's very hard to find things they're not used to it And Tommy, you know, gives a little monologue and monologues in the show are just phenomenal. He has everyone in a circle. He's got John. He's got Arthur. He's got Michael. He's got Isaiah. I just like saying Isaiah's name. uh, That's how they
0: say it. They say Isaiah. Isaiah.
1: Jeremiah is there, I believe. And, uh, you know, everyone of importance and that is involved. And he says, despite the bad blood, I will have none of it on my carpet. For grace's sake, I will have nothing go wrong. Those bastards out there are our family, and if you fuckers do anything to embarrass her, your kin, your children, your cousins, your horses, your fucking kids—if you do anything—and you can really tell, like, do not fight, no fighting, no fucking fighting, no fighting, no fighting, no fucking fighting—and he shoves the random ass like busboy out of the way. He's like, "Get the fuck off me!" (laughs) It's just so funny.
0: It's great. He does then, you know. Admit to Grace, well, before they, they, or after maybe they have a little, um, post coital meeting after Grace takes off things that she can't put back on, he admits that he's scared and that's why he's acting this way. And then, of course, the Russians make contact and they do start fighting because Tommy has to have them all do some crazy stuff. And that's another good scene with good music with Arthur, you know, executing the. The murder of, of the spy after Ada meets him. Poor Ada. Everyone Ada touches gets killed, it seems like, as, as we start season three here. And we learn that Johnny Dogs is, is going to start, you know, officiating this uh, this horse race and this boxing race, and he's going to take the bets. And we, we get a, a cool scene with the with the general, or not the general, but I don't know, Grace's uncle talking to, Arth- to Tommy, kind of comparing themselves to generals, watching their men fight, and then also saying... You know the only reason we're all here is because of your your medals, your gallantry in the war. But I still don't trust your reputation. And Tommy's like, just drink your fucking wine, drink the champagne, and let's just get on with this bloody day.
1: Yeah, it was uh, just to kind of show the animosity between the two families. But uh, if if it makes if it makes their grace happy, then they're gonna they're gonna put it aside for now.
0: All right. So what do you think about Arthur's new woman, Linda, the godly woman who has him done drinking? He, she she boosts him up. I think she could be she could be a great great role model for a man who was clearly broken.
1: She definitely seems a little off her rocker with all this God talk and uh, something that the Shelbys aren't really accustomed to. This holier than now kind of Jesus talk and God talk. So it'll be interesting to see if she can ground Arthur a little bit because he definitely needs God on his side.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Arthur in, in his in his best man speech, he's like, "Oh, was Grace. So awkward. like." like the grace of the good Lord.
1: <laughs> it, it, he looked like a dog that was like, kind of had like his tail in between his legs and was just like, it was it was very awkward. And Tommy was really nervous about the speech the whole night because he didn't want him to spill the beans about what happened with 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 grace and how they, they married. And as Arthur goes on and, you know, in the beginning of the speech, I thought it was going pretty well. He's know like, Tommy has helped me through some of the worst times. And he's like, although the circumstances of their marriage are, uh,
0: and he's like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. Thank you. <laughs> So, do you think that Tommy forced Grace's husband to commit suicide? What do you think happened there? I think he
1: found out about, like, kind of the fact that she was like, in love with Tommy and he couldn't take it anymore because he was in love with Grace. That's just an, an assumption. He kind of, he, he probably went into like a, spa, a downward spiral of depression after finding out that she kind of cheated on him.
0: And then, you know, there, there are two other minor storylines here that we're not sure could get involved. Remember, we are spoiler-free. We know, but who knows what's going to happen with with these characters. Obviously, Polly has a love interest in this Reuben Oliver portrait guy who was one of two suitors at the dinner party, according to Lizzie, because of uh, the lipstick that Tommy and, and Grace brought back from New York to Polly. So we've got that little thing going on. Michael clearly has the, uh, the eye for this little thing teenage london girl who wants to have a, a, a fling with with some bad boys and and it feels like you know what she reminds me of she reminds me of a young may carlton who
1: like uh the
0: girl that michael ends up having sex
1: with oh i mean yeah kind of she's super immature she's addicted to the tokyo she's that's right, all she no, cares no about. i
0: think i think this is her first time ever doing it
1: no no definitely but she's just like super excited to like do it and she's like thinks it's, it's kind of like oh it's, oh, it's like, a life experience all the me. cool kids are doing it
0: i want to do it you know and She's she's engaged to be married. It, it's this whole thing is just like a like a party, you know. Like she wants yeah. to go out of her out of her skin, and uh, maybe she might fall for Michael. Who knows? And then lastly, this one is is an interesting one because they only talk about it for about five minutes. But Lizzie gets shunned by by Michael, and then eventually by Arthur because this Italian man that she's been you know seeing, and she says she's in love with. Tommy says no no fraternizing with foreigners, and so they burn down his restaurant in the Italian area. I don't know where they are, near Birmingham, wherever it is, and Lizzie is, is fed up with it. She's like, you cannot tell me who I can be with in my in my downtime. And they're like, you know what you signed up for here. And so that's another situation that uh, that maybe could could escalate there. Just just some minor things that I wanna remind you guys of if you haven't seen the episode in a while.
1: Poor Lizzie, man. She just She she she's never getting her way and even she genuinely likes the guy and she can't bring him to the wedding but uh i mean i kind of wonder if she knew that it would piss off tommy
0: it just feels like it feels like lizzie kind of got left out lizzie was having sex with tommy for most of season two lizzie put her body on the line to help out tommy in the finale nearly got raped and then now it's almost like you got back you're back to just being a secretary because i found the love of my life again
1: i mean yeah it's it's definitely rough but two years have two years have gone since then and you know, without the Shelby's, she wouldn't be kind of like in this in the stature that she's in right now. She's an important person. She's surrounded by an important family. She's definitely got money at this point. So, I mean, she kind of has Tommy to thank in a way. But definitely a rough go around for her. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the tides turn for poor Lizzie.
0: And then we could talk a little bit about Tatiana, that Grand Duchess, who has a, a, a couple, a couple good lines. And there's just good lines in that whole scene. As the, it's interesting because the Russian Spy knows about her coming with the money. She, he's the one that tells us and tells Tommy she's gonna be here at ten o'clock. And Tommy's like, it's not that I don't trust her. It's that I don't trust Birmingham. So he has Moss, and we. We haven't seen Moss in like I know, six episodes. I know. So it was, it was great to have Moss come back with one awesome line where he just pats Tommy on the shoulder and says, good luck with this one, Tom. And he's going to need some luck with this firecracker who, who asks him if he can kill after they find out that that's, that guy is a spy.
1: It's not like an amazing quote, but it might be my favorite quote of the episode is when she's like, can you do it? Can you kill? And he doesn't even respond. And he says, Moss, you take the Duchess back to Birmingham. Doesn't he respond?
0: Kind of like, fuck yeah, I can kill. Do you know who I am? kind of thing. Fuck yeah. It's great. And, and I love when when he decides that it's the moment to do it, and, and obviously Arthur loses the, the coin flip that he tells Polly. Tom goes over to Johnny, who's who's leading this a random Johnny guy who's the the, the leader of the band that that's doing the the wedding, and he goes, Johnny, it's ragtime. And he Pumps up the music and we get some fucking great ass 1920s music. And he wants everyone to be loud. And then Isaiah's is fighting, and the cavalry all gets going, and the horse races go. And and that's when Arthur, Arthur feels like in this episode he's like the the voice of reason, because once again he never wants to get involved with anyone. He doesn't. He didn't want Tommy to get involved in the Chinese and the pilot. He didn't want Tommy to get involved with Billy Kimba. He doesn't want Tommy to get involved with the Russians now and he does mention something that that we will look forward to in this season he's like it was supposed to just be a factory break in and now it's turning to this and tommy's like yeah now we got a bunch of shit and arthur goes out of the car and he goes and who's digging it who's digging the shit tommy i'm digging the shit
1: yeah it's just uh you're you're sitting here and as i said earlier you think about back where we were at the beginning and it's like is tommy getting his hands a little too dirty right now is he is he is he you know fighting above his weight class a little bit here. I mean, you don't, you're dealing with the Russians and you know what the time period and it's a very tumultuous time period for the Soviet Union. And it's just, it makes you think that Tommy, you you have to think he's going to get in some deep shit. And this Tatiana Duchess is really intense and there's a big task at hand for him. And this, I mean, this Russian guy like comes to him at his damn wedding. Like, it's like nothing is off limits. There is no,
0: no one is safe at no particular time. So, I'm 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 getting nervous. And Tommy mentions it and he says for the Russians family is a weakness and they attack it. For me, family is my strength. And uh and I also mentioned that my my one Johnny Dog's quote of the episode was a great one. And he goes he goes Tommy's doing business on a night he should just be fucking.
1: Yeah, no. 100%, he should be and it's like Tatiana's like, take me into your house. He's like, I'm not taking you to the house. And she's like, just take me to your house. And he's like, I do not want this shit anywhere near my fucking house. And then I told you, you know, earlier that when Killian Murphy raises his voice and is very angry, you could, you can tell that he's very angry and it's such good acting to see that he's actually so frustrated that he has to deal with this on his wedding day and G- giant dogs is right. All he should be doing is fucking, but he does do a lot of fucking in this
0: episode He does. And he also goes back to his uh, like just brother, brother argument roots. And it's a good episode for Paul Anderson and Killian Murphy because they've got great chemistry. And Paul Anderson as Arthur is fantastic. And he starts to drink a little bit because of Tommy. And then we've got the maybe the most authentic scene of the entire series where Tommy's just chasing his brother. Around the yeah. fountain.
1: was <laughs> And it's like he kind of like, like tries to like juke him out. Like it's like it's like a legitimate scene where it's like – I mean you and I both have 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 brothers. I have an older brother. You're the older brother. You have a younger brother. So it's kind of like it's so authentic that like it's just one of those scenes where you're chasing your brother in the house. And and I can just imagine my mom saying, stop fighting. And like and then Paul – and then – Ja uh, Arthur stubs his knee. He's like, "Oh, oh." And he's like <laughs> And then Tommy's Tommy's kind of just like, "Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right." <laughs> and then the final scene of the of the episode has them all back in Small Heath doing business together and Tommy opens this massive safe with so much money in it and we've seen Esme kind of get into the safe a little bit but we've never really seen how much money they have in that safe and oh, it is so they're so flush in cash and Tommy mentions it earlier to Arthur that they're going to try to buy the wharf in Boston. Boston is in is in Massachusetts in America and they're going to try to use dollars so they want to make dollars instead of pounds to do it and and Polly ends it with and you're willing to gamble it all on one robbery. And Tommy says I'm a gambling man, Paul. Love that. Love that line. More money than all the toffs put together. And
1: it sets the tone of the season. I mean, it, it was it might not have been the most, you know, action-packed episode. I mean, but we saw that Russian just get the shit beat out of him by Arthur. And boom, gets popped. And I, it just kind of, you know, it sets the backdrop. It's one of those episodes because it's confusing. It's, there's a lot of storylines, very a lot of plot webs, and it's confusing. And I think it does a really good job of setting up, you know, the, the next few episodes. And I love ending in, in Small Heath, you know. Back back to the business, you know. Back to the basics, you know. Playtime's over. Back to the business.
0: And he, they do throw a lot of things at you, and it's a tough one to pick a winner. And, and Josh and I talked about this before we started recording. It's it's a tough one because so many things happen. No one really wins the episode, so we have to really get creative here. Who's your winner, Josh?
1: My winner is going to be Grace. She she gets she gets what she wants. She loves Tommy. You know, she she gets the union that she's you know been wanting this whole time. She loves Tommy, the man she loves. She never loved that guy back in New York. He was only just nice to her. And it seems like, you know, she's living a nice life. She's in this giant mansion. She's rich. We saw, we saw a picture of Tommy and Grace in front of the Statue of Liberty. So they've been traveling a little bit and I, I'd have to go as her as my winner because she's finally seems like she's
0: happy for once. And she gets to live in Arrow house, which is fantastic. Not a bad situation. My winner who, uh, who didn't have a lot of lines in the episode but was dressed to the nines, was Michael. Ooh. Michael, you can tell. Remember how season two ended? He was offered a bunch of money to go to London and start a new life, and he said no, and he wants to stay as the accountant. And he kind of talks to, to this girl. I don't even know if we, ne- we ever get her name, the one from London, who he ends up having sex with and doing the Tokyo. He tells her that he's got his whole life mapped out, and he's dressed differently on purpose, and his head is on track and i really like this for michael and i have really high hopes for michael gray who is who, since he was since he really burst on i mean he's my favorite he's probably my favorite new character that's kind of still around i don't know if we're going to get more alfie solomons or not obviously alfie's the greatest character in tv show history but michael <laughs> michael got this girl who is just exactly what he needs right now cuz i don't know if we've ever seen michael with a girl have we
1: no i mean He's definitely getting his first, you know, action. And it's good for him. Good for him. And this girl's pretty cute. She's pretty cute. She wants to have some fun. And Michael found the Michael found the right one. At first, at first we thought Asaya was uh, was gonna get in the action because he's like, I'm well equipped. <laughs>
0: like, I'm your guy. Yep. And for for every winner, you've got a loser, and Asaya's my Ooh. loser because he had her. He had that cutie down pack, man. He had her in the bag, and then Arthur kind of grabbed him at the last second and just said, Come on, shoot him away. Cock block of the century right there for yeah. Arthur. Leaving Michael in the open. And uh, and then Isaiah has to be in the, in the... Instead of having sex, he has to fight. And I don't know. Maybe he likes fighting. But I've never really seen Isaiah as a guy to yeah. just be a, a brute a He's brood. yoked. He's jacked. Him and Finn oh, are is. jacked.
1: So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I... I do have an honorable mention winner here, and it's whoever won the fight for the bouquet. Oh, because I love that's another Ooh. authentic scene. All of those gypsy women literally brawling <laughs> for that bouquet that was thrown out there, and that there was a great scene. was this
1: scene. one lady who was legitimately just boxing people out, like it was her job.
0: I could have sworn
1: I saw a knife. That would have been that would have been excessive. I thought I saw someone pull well, a knife. They are they are like you know very into their uh, into their gypsy ways and their curses and their and their good luck. So that that would make sense, but. Speaking of your cock blocker and Arthur, that's my loser of the episode. Um, because he's his his speech was just abysmal. My goodness gracious, it was one of the most awkward things I had to watch in TV. He stubs his knee, he has to kill the Russian guy. It wasn't a great episode for Arthur. He got his hands dirty and gets into the little, you know, quibble with Tommy about, you know, picking up his slack and he has to do all the dirty work and heavy lifting when it comes to killing people, and he tells him to not get into the shit. They get in an argument and, you know, hopefully Linda can turn him around because it wasn't a good start to the season for Arthur. And that's why he's my loser. He just had everything going wrong for him.
0: And that can get us right into nitpicks because I would have liked to see how Arthur met Linda. I would have loved a little flashback there. Do you think that they matched on Christian Mingle?
1: (laughs) Oh my. Well, you know, she's certainly not drinking at the garrison or drinking at the pubs because she's a... She's a godly woman, so I, that's a good question. Did they get set up? Was it? A, was it a blind date? You know, he, I don't know because she like if she met him while he was blacked out drunk like he always is. There's no way she would have liked him. So there really is no clarity on that. I like to think that she was the leader of the AA meeting that he went to. That's what I'll go with. That's a that's that's a good observation. That is a very good observation. But uh, do you have any nitpicks? Yeah, I mean, the fast forwarding two years is never, you know, my favorite thing in the world. Like something had to have happened in the last two years, you know, that we could have heard about, you know, the, not everything was all, was all, you know, gun ho great for, for the Shelby. Something had to have happened. I would to have liked to have seen, you know, how, you know, he put the money away, you know, how he possibly invested it, put it into other businesses. I would have liked to have seen, you know, what he was doing in America. You know, we talk about the Boston Wharfs and, you know, putting the money in that and, and new business ventures in America. And it's kind of left for our open to our interpretation to kind of assume that that's what happened. So I, w- I would have liked, you know, maybe a little bit of clarity on what happened in, the, in, in those two years. Totally understandable. You know, you don't have all the time in the world. You only got six episodes a season. So understandable, but that's my little nit to pick.
0: I actually don't mind the two-year jump because between season one and two, it didn't feel like besides the Freddie Thorne killing, they didn't really do too much. But I'm with you there. They did too much here without showing us just give me a flashback of five seconds in the season um recap of season two. You know what I mean? Like they did with season right. one, where they added like something happening. Show like, me like, show me Tommy proposing to Grace in front of the Statue right. of Liberty or something cool like that. Because just like we just skip right. it all. Yeah, we just skip it. It's
1: like so there are some people, I don't know why they would think it, that thought that maybe May Carlton was going to be the one that he was, like, going after. Because if you think about Season 2, Episode 6, he's like, I'm going to find you after the races. Just, like, wait for me. I'm I'm, I'm going to find you. He did like May, and he didn't think that Grace was going to come to the fold. So, like, I don't know if you notice how this season starts. Like, they don't, like, it's not, it's not like, entirely clear that it's Grace under that dress because it's, like, covered and, like, the veil is covered. But there are some people that thought it was May Carlton there, so... I would have liked to have seen him, like, you know, reveal to Grace, oh, like, I want to marry you Is so how it's going to happen and kind of, like, tell Mae Carlton off because Mae Carlton just, like, gets stood up, I guess. Like, we, we have no idea what happens with her at the end.
0: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to keep watching it. So will you guys. We're going to record Season 3, Episode 2 coming up soon, so we're going to post that for you guys. Keep an eye out for that. Always, you can just press subscribe and it'll just pop up onto your Apple podcast or your Spotify feed right when that happens. So keep an eye out for that. Go like us on Facebook.com/slash peaky podcast or follow us on Twitter at ByOrderOfPeaky. We love the feedback, so keep it coming. Email us at PeakyBlinders at gmail.com. He's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we binge so you don't have to.
1: Heh A hundred percent.